Hey listener, this podcast is called Trigger Warning Romance for a reason. It is intended for an 18 plus audience due to the adult context and triggers that may be discussed in each episode. Please check the show notes for a full list of triggers and proceed with caution. You have been properly warned. It's time to count off the triggers. Welcome to Trigger Warning Romance, everybody. I'm Nat. I'm Tori. And today we're going to be diving into Until Forever Ends by Adelaide Forrest, which is book two of The Beauty and Lies. Last week, we lulled you into some security with Until Tomorrow Comes because Rafe was keeping it kind of low key. He is bringing it this week. Oh, yeah. He has let out his banana pants crazy brain. On, unleashed it onto poor Issa, who had absolutely no idea what was happening. She was totally unprepared. Yeah, but it was great. I loved this book. This book hit all of my alpha, obsessive, crazy, a little bit of non-con in there. All the all the buttons I needed. It it had all the buttons I needed. I loved it. I love the whole series, but I think this is the book that that really hooked me on the dark romance because like Isa, I was unprepared the first time I read this. <laughs> I had no idea what I was getting into. And I spent a good chunk of my time going, did I just, was that really? What the fuck? And yeah, it was really, it was there. Yep. Now, did you read this book as, as it was being published? Yes. Like you had to wait. And I had to like, wait. Yeah, I had to wait. <laughs> I'm so mad. I have never... Well, when I, when I first really started reading Dark Romance, every series that I wanted to read wasn't finished. I would start a book and then I would obsessively binge. And then I would be like, oh man, cliffhanger, cliffhanger, cliffhanger. So this was just one of many at the time. And I, I was really ready to throw my Kindle at that point. I agree with you. A lot of Dark Romance is cliffhangers. It's a lot of like we said, I don't remember in book, whatever episode we talked about, but most, most Dark Remnants is, a, is at least a dual, dual duology, right? Yeah. At least, because they really have to unpack the characters, because we had, do have to like them at the end, the, the men. <laughs> we do have to like them. So it takes a couple of books for them to go from complete anti-hero to some sort of salvageable character. Oh my God, thinking of salvageable characters, I just finished book four in the Order of Ravens and Wolves series by T.L. Hodel, Oh, which is one that I've been saying we need to read, we need to read, we need to read. It is a dark bully. Okay. And I hadn't read book four. I had, I don't know why I hadn't read it, but I hadn't. So I, I finished it. Book five is coming out next month and I wanted to get my reread done. And by the end of the book, I spent, I had to cut my review down because it was too long because <laughs> I went off on one of the side characters that I truly dislike, who is the main character for book five. And I was like, <gasps> I don't know if I can read book five. I might have to just skip it because I hate him. He's an ass. I don't know if I can be in his head for that long. It's going to be my favorite. 
all really very good. And they, except for the fact that they're pretty much all medium burn, it's going to, they're going to tick a lot of your boxes. I'm sure. Medium burn, I'm, I'm okay with. I really, I hope that I'm not coming off as a complete book slut. Not that I care, but it's just the slow burns kill me. I can't. When it's 75% in the way in and they haven't as much as kissed yet, I'm ready to throw my Kindle because I signed up for the spice. So I need the spice to happen at least 50% in. Come on. I think I usually consider a medium, medium as long as it's before 60. Yeah. And that doesn't, that's by the time they actually have sex. That doesn't include mm-hmm. the foreplay. Yeah, I'm, I'm down. That's the same. Like, as long as you're giving me something in the beginning, but man, if it's just like longing looks and clenched jaws till 75% in, I'm, I DNF that most likely I DNF that, which means do not finish for those who don't know the terms, but yeah, I, I'm with you. A lot of the, the dark romance tends to be cliffhangers and multiple series and multiple books I've talked to you about my kind of dive into it which was I think it was Anna Zares and thankfully hers when I found them like Julian and and his friends who we will dive into as well because I know Tori's ready for Luca and and Peter oh yes they were already out but when I tell you I binge those books I binge them I stay it was quarantine like deep deep quarantine everybody was locked down home I think I stayed up for days just reading like I fed my kid my husband was home he dealt with her I was a horrible mother and I just escaped into my books (laughs) and then it was the end and then I found the dark omegaverse which is apparently my kink of all kinks okay in the dark omegaverse ticks all of my boxes all of them well i somehow found the beauty and lie series Mm. and i branched from there into the kings of quarantine reverse harem yeah holy crap i know you really want to read those too i really want to read them but i just don't think there's enough spice for you books (gasps) three and four i think you'll get you'll get behind but i think that getting to books three and four will be arduous for you why don't we just read books three and four because then you don't understand what's going on fill me in girl fill me in <laughs> i'll keep that in mind but it's it's to date still one of my favorite series yeah i need to keep start writing some of the stuff down so that i've got track of oh shit. i'm usually better at that yeah it's all right we're drinking tonight so it's gonna be one of those episodes ladies and germs we're just gonna take it easy tonight i have discovered something about myself i'm going to I don't know. If, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a little bit of a um, palate cleanser early. It's an early palate cleanser. Oh, okay. Yeah. How about that? Since we're having a little bit of a chat while you type up all that stuff, I think I have ADHD. I've never been diagnosed, but I'm actually going to talk to my do- doctor friend tomorrow about it. I stumbled upon a podcast called women and ADHD, and it's about women and ADHD, women who have been diagnosed later in life, later in adulthood. And I have never resonated more with anything in my whole life. Oh, wow. Everything in my life suddenly makes sense. I no longer feel uh, as almost as like dumb as I felt before because everything makes sense to me. 
I've always, I've always just, I've done okay at school, you know, mm-hmm. I never was amazing, but I, I never sucked at it. And I'm horribly disorganized, but I, I'm also a perfectionist. So I'm trying to be perfect while also just in a chaotic, disorganized mess. <laughs> anyway, so highly recommend that podcast just because it's really interesting to listen to. And what was it? It's called The uh, Women in Women and ADHD. And it's opened up my eyes. <laughs> cool. So, yeah, I'm I'm going to I think I'm going to see a therapist and or a psychiatrist. I don't know. I've asked my friend, my doctor friend. Be like, "Who do I talk to about this?" Do I talk to like, well, I can't go to my, okay, this is too much information for all of you. We we haven't even started talking about this book. (laughs) Um, uh, My, my general practitioner, my internal medicine doctor is my doctor friend's mom. So I, it's great, but it's also horrible because anything I talk to her about, there's absolutely no um, doctor confidence, (laughs) confidentiality because her mom and my mom are BFFs. So See where that would be awkward. Yeah, it's fine. I just gotta, I gotta, I gotta see. I don't think I could talk to her about it for multiple reasons because I don't think internal medicine doctors really do that kind of stuff. I think I need to talk to psychologists or psychiatrists. I don't actually know. My younger brother was diagnosed with ADHD when he was like three. I mean, he was he was yeah. just tiny, and he has some learning disabilities and everything kind of tied in. And he's got an auditory processing delay and. I don't, I don't know who it was, if it was his pediatrician that diagnosed him or someone else. Yeah. So what I've listened, what I've learned from this podcast is that young girls and women in general really go underdiagnosed when it comes to ADHD a lot of times, because ADHD presents differently in women a lot of times than in boys. I'm assuming your brother was the typical, like hyper, couldn't sit still running around, right? Oh God. Yes. Yeah. So that is what don't tell my parents, but I actually tied him into his crib at, at one <gasps> point. I put him in his crib and t- put a sheet over the top of it and oh. tied it down to keep him in it when I was oh trying to get goodness. him to sleep. Oh my goodness. I was, I was 14. Okay. I, oh. I was at a loss. It was I... that or strangling him. <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> wow. Anyway. So yeah. That's typically what people think of when they think of ADHD, but that's not how it presents in girls and women. In a lot of times in women and girl girls, it presents as you can sit still during class. You have absolutely no problem, but you are daydreaming away. You are daydreaming away. You are doodling. You are anywhere but here and you can't focus on what's happening because you're too busy thinking about, for me, books. And I I found that a lot of ADHD women deep dive into books and you just live because you just want to dissociate and your brain needs constant stimulus. So reading actually helps your brain quiet down. So anyway, we have gone off a complete tangent on ADHD, but I think I might have it. And it really, really, really makes sense to me because I've always, they just daydreamed and doodled and procrastinated one of my one of my good friends at home was recently diagnosed and actually went on medication and she said that it's been a lifesaver for her it just it has just changed her world I think I need some I think I might need some I 
I'm telling you, I took like 15 quizzes online. Well, you know, those, you know, that those are going to be, to be truthful and, and accurate. Well, one of them was from Attitude Magazine, which is in the ADD magazine. So that's a little bit more, I guess, truthful or uh, legit. Anyway, I've scored high on all of them. So <laughs> let's talk about Until Reverence by Adelaide Forrest. Because it has been at least 20 minutes of us yabbering, probably, about nonsense. I, like I said, I loved this book. It starts off when, right, like, he brings her home after he drugs her, which is mm, my thing. And then he decides, hey, you know what would be really great? If I brought this doctor over and he put two trackers in her against her will because she can't consent because she's still passed out and also if i just shoot this 18 year old up with some fertility medicine because you know 18 year olds aren't fertile enough but i really need to put a baby in that so we're gonna do that so he does that the doctor is not that happy with him but also he's on his payroll and as we know rafe is not the most sane human being so everybody's scared of him so he does whatever he does he did try to tell him like hey can we not fertilize her because she's 18 the trackers made sense to him he was all right with the trackers it's like i can i can at least pretend like that might save her life yeah but but the fertility drugs yeah the fertility shot that's a little far he's like do it anyway i didn't ask you for your opinion no And I loved when he said, I would have just done it myself because I didn't want any men looking at her naked, but I didn't trust myself with the fertility shots or the trackers. So I had to let this doctor look at my woman. We all know how I feel about that stuff. It was great. And then he ate her out and stuff while While she was sleeping. sleeping. And he bit her to let her know that while she was sleeping, he'd done some shit to her. Well, that and the fact that he came all over her stomach. Yes. Yeah, so how could we forget? I'm actually surprised that he did that, considering how much he wants to get her pregnant, that he would waste getting it on her instead of in her. Well, I think that it was the mind fuck that he wanted. Yeah. Because he, he is very clear that he is going to let her know what he's done to her and that she has no control over it. And I, he says something to the effect of, the boundaries that exist in normal relationships have no standing here. That is, we will not have those between uh-uh. us. Nope. Man, he's unhinged. God, I love him. What is wrong with me? <laughs> you are not alone no, because I guarantee you that at least 90% of our of our listeners are like, oh my God, he is so hot. I should get one of those. It's definitely more than 90. If you're listening to our podcast, <laughs> you're one of us. You know, I was thinking. Okay, let's go with ninety-eight. Yeah, I was thinking they need a. We need a name for our follower, for our listeners. Should we call it the Trigger Tribe? Like, what should we call it? You have to dump this on me when I've had wine. I think we're recording, not to give me a little bit of a heads up so I could think about it. It just came to me. I'm so sorry. I'll get back to you on. How about we ask the listeners? Listeners, what do you want to be called? Because all the cool podcasts, and we know we we are the coolest of all the cool podcasts, but all the cool podcasts have names for their listeners. That's true. Yeah. So I think we need to, I think we need like a group posse name. (laughs) 
so anyway, <clears throat> so she wakes up and she's horrified with what's happening because she's naked, she's covered in cum, and she has a bite mark in her inner thigh. So she's pretty sure she knows what happened. And she has no idea where she is. Mm-mm. And she is completely alone. Rafe won't even let his housekeeper bring her food. He has her completely isolated. Yeah. Everything that he, everything that she has will come from his hands. Yeah. It's completely mind fucky. And he's doing it on purpose because she wants, he wants her to crave his attention because the attention he, and his presence, because that's the only presence she's going to get. Otherwise she'll be all alone. Right. Oh yeah. It is, it is total mind fuckery and it is total, um, crap. What is it that I want to say? Um, I don't know if grooming is the right word. Oh, yeah. But that's the one that's coming to me. I can see that. Um, you know, he is completely brainwashing her into accepting him and wanting him. And he's they have that whole birth control conversation where he says he's forbidden her from having any. And I love later on, I don't remember when this happens, but at some point they're having sex and she's tired of him coming in her constantly. <laughs> she doesn't want to get pregnant. So she, I think she's on top and then she like waits for him to come, but she like gets off of him and he comes all over himself. And she says, next time use a condom asshole (laughs) or something like something like that. And it was amazing because this is what I love about Adelaide's books. Her heroines are, yes, they are sometimes a little too stupid to live in the beginning, but they're not pushovers. They don't just take anything laying down. She fights him the whole freaking time. She does. And that is one of the things that is one of the things that I really like about Isa's character is that she doesn't just accept it. Yeah. At all. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, she accepted book one and the lovey-dovey, but the minute things start getting bad, she's like, oh, peace out. Yeah. But I mean, book one, he was still wearing the mask of the gentleman and like, being nice to her and being normal, I mean, as normal as he could be. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, the minute that she figures out he's a murderer, I need to get the hell out of here. Oh shit. I'm somewhere like, because obviously eventually he lets it out, her out and she runs away from him where we have that scene with the villagers completely ignoring her help as she is running and screaming for help. Yeah, that was brutal. That was brutal. Because, I mean, again, I'm going to make the comparison between this book and Twist Me a lot. They're very similar in the fact that the heroes are much older than the heroines. The heroes are both like in their 30s and they're not only are they in their 30s, but they've been groomed by their fathers to be these ruthless, mature assholes, pretty much. Yes. They have been taught to be terrible people. Yeah. Their fathers were horrible people. Their fathers were both horrible role models and they raised them alone, right? Both their mothers died early. So their mothers weren't really there to raise them. And both the heroines are young. They're both 18. And they're both right after graduation. Yeah, right after graduation. They're both virgins. They're both very inexperienced. Nora at least had a little bit of experience with poor Jake. Justice for Jake. Justice for Jake. But 
Issa had absolutely no experience. She had that boyfriend, but Adina slept with him. And that was the end of that. Well, yeah. If, you, if you're dating a guy that can't tell you apart from your sister, yeah. he is not the guy for you. Mm-mm. That's another romance trope I love. I love the, and, and this happens in this book, where even though they're identical twins and they look exactly the same, Rafe can absolutely tell them apart. And Odina is completely repulsive to him while Issa is, I don't know, the angel and the light and everything to him. Even though they're comp- well, hold that, hold that thought because that comes to play later on in the series. Yes, yes. In a big way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, I love that because I don't remember what book it was. It was, there were, the heroes were twin. The, the one of the heroes was a twin, not the heroines. I don't remember. But like I said, like the main thing is like the heroine could tell them apart, right? And even, and nobody could, but she could. And like, that was their fated mate situation. She was like, but you're mine. And like, I could tell, but you, whatever. Anyway, that shit. I love that shit. Put that in my veins because I want to be, I personally want to be the most beautiful, the most attractive, the most compelling person to Mr. Savage, right? And if I don't have, uh, I have a brother, so hopefully you can tell us apart. Uh, (laughs) But I love that when the hero is like, no, you, you could never compare to my, my Issa because you're a piece of shit. Well, a lot of the reverse harems have twin brothers Mm. that's a that's a pretty common trope and it's always that plays into almost all of them is her ability to tell them apart well maybe that's the reverse harem i need to read (laughs) because we all we all know i'm not really a fan of reverse harem but maybe we do have den of vipers coming up i know i'm i'm very excited about that one only because of the big hype i got everywhere I can't wait for Diesel. <laughs> I already told you this before, but for the listeners, just wait for my TikTok about reverse harems with my husband. I asked him what a reverse harem was and he got it right. As in like, he knew it was one woman and multiple men, but his his version of reverse harem is at least 30 men. <laughs> even, even in my situation, I draw the line there. <laughs> what? That is too far okay here's here's a quote here's a question for you then tori since you are and listen these this is for the tiktok people since you were uh poly what did he say polydextrous (laughs) how many how many is your max three three that's that's a low end that's a very low end on on the polydextrous scale it is but I don't like people and I like to spend a lot of time alone. So having three people in my life that I see on a regular basis is probably three too many. (laughs) One of the reasons that Mr. Klein and I work so well together is that we both hate people. Yeah. So we spend a lot of time alone. (laughs) I told you, you and Mr. Savage are going to get along so well because he hates people. He hates people. And he's given that poison to me where I used to be such a bubbly, outgoing human being before I married him. And I have slowly shriveled up into this bitter, human hating (laughs) person. I blame working in customer service. Yeah. I started working when I turned 18 
I turned 18 and a week later I got a job. And then within two weeks, I had moved out of my house. Oh, geez. Yes. Well, family issues. But I worked in customer service pretty much from the time I was 18 until maybe five or six years ago. Mm -hmm. I think I had a very brief, I I spent like three, three years working as a legal assistant around when I went to law school. But otherwise it was, I worked at Blockbuster. I worked at Walmart and working in management in retail, retail management will make you hate everything. Yeah, I agree. Because not only do you deal with stupid, hateful customers, but then you have stupid, hateful employees and you get both of them. Yeah. And so it just makes you want to wash your hands and say, fuck them all. Agreed. I, I've already said this, uh, my very first job in life, I got at the age of 15 and it was at the lingerie shop down the street from my house. And I was in, I was in retail sales, which was fine. Like I was 15. But I had that. I still, I still work there. Okay, every now and then I have a real job, as I call it, my adult job. But every now and then I fill in because I love my man. Like the bought my boss and everybody, like the owners, are amazing people. So I, I still help them out every now and then on Saturdays when I can, very briefly, maybe once every four or five months, like whenever they need. So I, but I worked there for ten. No, I'm sorry, for twelve years I worked there. Okay. Full on, full on work in there. And I hated, I hated women by the end of it because they're such assholes. Women are bitchy. Yeah. I mean, I'm helping you fit your boobies into a bra, right? My, I've been, I was at that point, I'm, I'm doing it for 12 years. Mr. Savage and I have a, a fun joke. I actually met Mr. Savage when I worked there. My friend and coworker introduced me to Mr. Savage. So God, I, I've known that man for such a long time. So I I know boobies. I can look at your boobies and I could tell you exactly what size you are. That's convenient. Yes. However, I can't wait. That will save me from having to be fitted. I will just, when I meet you, I'll just be like, okay, tell me. You can just send me a picture, girl. I got you. <laughs> I got you. I, that's my talent. That's my hidden talent. Mr. Savage loves to play that game when we're in public. Tell me what size that one is. Tell me what size that one is. Tell me what size that one is. So it, I, well, I know what your size you are. A lot of women are just like, no, that is not my size. How dare you? I am a blob. Like I'm a 32 C. Like, ma'am, you are a 36 triple D. Okay. Here's this 32 C <laughs> that you're trying to fit yourself into. It's not going to work. Okay. And then they tell me that the manufacturing is wrong and then I'm wrong, whatever. They're assholes, especially, I get it. Women have issues when it comes to our bodies. We all do. We have once again, it off topic so bad. But you were the expert. I was. So why go to an expert for an opinion and for help if you're not going to listen to them? Exactly. And that is what our shop was mainly known for. We, I, it wasn't Victoria's Secret. We were, it, a, it still is a small shop and it, it, there's two of them. And the thing that they're main, the thing that they are known for is sizing. They go from like a size 30 triple A, which is like a teeny tiny, to a size, I think it was 52N, like Nancy. Holy crap. Yeah, like they have a very wide spectrum of sizes. And if they can't fit you, I'm sorry, you're like a unicorn that doesn't exist in life. So we had many, like, and listen, like many, many men, women who came in and were just like horrible. And then I have lots of stories about creepy men 
and my, I, I told you I was like 15 when I started there and it was, I'm like thinking back, I'm like, holy shit, people are <laughs> insane. And I love helping them. I was good. I'm good at my job. I could, like I said, I could look at you. I tell you what size you need, but I hate when I hate people. And then after that, I've worked in men, the medical field for the rest of my life. So I worked as a medical liaison for a while, helping patients and doctors. That was a whole thing. And now I work in a, in a different space in the medical field where I literally talk to people all day. So yeah, I'm peopled out by the end of the day. Especially when I was, when I was at Walmart, I was an assistant manager and I would work usually anywhere from a 12 to 16 hour day. Ugh. And by the time that you have dealt with people for 12 to 16 hours, you just don't want to deal with anybody, whether it's the person that you live with, whether it's your best friend, whether it is the neighbor across the street, you just don't want to deal with them because that's all you've done for so long. Yeah. So, so three is your max on the reverse hair. <laughs> Three is my max. I, I mean, I mean, now that I'm willing to consider playmates okay. or more than that, that I just, you know, hit and quit. That's acceptable. But, but three for relationships. I think that's, I am. If I didn't kill them, that would be, that would be. Yeah. We're going to have to do a whole episode on your poly relationship. I know the people want to know because it is a whole, I'm very impressed by you. And me and Mr. Savage have both said, like, I don't know how people do it because relationships are so much work and it's just like, just him and me. And we have a great relationship. We don't argue. We have, I have friends who are constantly complaining about their partners and I get it. Like I said, relationships are hard, but I can count. I think we've had three legitimate fights in our 13 years of being together. So I, I don't know how people do it. That's bananas. So I'm a very monogamous person. My reverse harem would be very boring because I'd, I'd have to say one human being is enough. Thank you. I don't know if I can do two, two, maybe two, but that's not a reverse harem. That's a menage. I don't know. This is too many wee-wees for me too. I, I love the... Well, there's nothing that I... I guess technically a reverse harem is men, but there's nothing that says your relationships have to be all men. You know, there could be a relationship with someone who doesn't have a wee-wee. Yeah, I've tr- I've tried that. I'm I'm straight as an arrow. I I wish I wasn't. I really do. Sometimes I'm like, man, and I love women. Like women are beautiful and I love them. But I've tried. I've made out with ladies, but past that, can't. Sorry. It's just when Mr. Klein and I met, he had how much information do you want? I want all the information. Give me all the information. <laughs> We're drinking wine. Let's do it, girl. We met at a gaming convention. Okay. And we met, but before we actually hooked up, he needed me to meet his girlfriend that he was there with. And the three of us ended up dating for a considerable while. Um, even when I, you know, we were still dating at the point when I moved up here with, and I moved in with him because he was, he was here and I was back home in Tennessee and we did the long distance thing for a while to make sure that things were what we wanted before, before we took that plunge and moved because moving is a commitment. Yeah, it is. I mean, that's great. So like I said, I wish I was like you. So would you consider yourself like bi? I prefer the term heteroflexible. I love that. Because while I'm attracted to some women, I am far more on the hetero side okay. with a few exceptions. Yeah. I, like I said, I tried in college. It's like everybody experiments in college, right? 
Oh my god, I drank and like you not hear my slurring. Everybody could have been college. <laughs> Everybody experiments in college and I I tried. I was like, let me try that because um my I was in a long distance relationship relationship myself in uh at the end of high school with my ex-boyfriend and a little bit and we we were together until sophomore year of college when I found out that he had been cheating on me the whole time. So obviously that ended. And I was like, screw men, I'm I'm over men, I'm gonna start dating women. Mm. I found out very quickly that I am not attracted to women. I just, I'm not. (laughs) Well, my issue is not that I wasn't attracted to women. It's that I don't get along well with women. Hmm. As a general rule, from the time that I was, God, for as long as I can remember, I mean, even back in elementary school, my friends were always guys. My group of friends in high school were all guys. In college, I I could name the number of, of women friends on one hand. You know, so being attracted to women and being able to put up with women are two totally separate things. I gotcha. I, I have a very interesting, like, I can't tell you that I, I have very good lady friends. I have, like I said, maybe six really, really, really close friends who are women. And I've, I've known them for a long, long time and they've always been my friends, but I, in general, I do have a lot more male friends, but they're not as close. So while we are friends and I love them, they are not on the same level of friendship that I have with my female friends. Mine is split kind of evenly. If I look at, you know, people that I'm close to, I can think of maybe three women that would make that list and maybe four guys. Okay. I don't have any male friends that I'm very, 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 like, like very close to. Again, I have a lot of male friends who um, Mr. Savage says, because I they're all friends from the college age and beyond. And he's like, well, they're just your friends because they wanted to sleep with you. But now they're just your friends because you're stuck together. And obviously, we can't sleep. You're not sleeping with them because you're married to me. But I don't necessarily agree with him on that because I was single for most of my college career when I knew all these friends. And I didn't sleep with any of them because... I'm a prude, a little bit of a prude. It's fine. You probably think I'm not because I'm doing a romance novel podcast with you where we're talking about sex and all this crazy, like non-consensual stuff. And, but we, we can talk, we've talked about this a little bit before you and I have a very similar, but different upbringing. You were brought up very Christian, right? Mm -hmm. And I was brought up very Soviet, which actually are very similar in bringing upness. Yes, I was surprised when we started talking about it, how similar things were. Yeah, because you were brought up Christian, like women are supposed to be pure. You're not supposed to date. You're not supposed to think about boys. You're not about to have sex until you get married. And everything is about Jesus and whatever, right? Oh, yes. I was brought up with the same mentality, just take God out of it because it was Soviet and the Soviets don't have religion. They're, they were atheists. You were not allowed to have a religion. So I was brought up the same, like you are not to think about boys. You are not to have sex, only 
bad girls like sex, only bad girls like boys. You are only supposed to have sex with your husband. And at that point, you're only just supposed to do it to procreate and you're, you're not supposed to like it. So, um, I don't remember where I was going with this. This is where my ADD comes in guys. Well, my parents are still hoping that it's all just a phase. <laughs> I am 44 and my parents still hope that it's just a phase. Oh, that's my, my parents. Spoiler. That's how my, it's not. My parents think about me and my vegetarianism. I've been a vegetarian <laughs> since I was 10 and they still think it's a phase. <laughs> oh, the prudeness. Yeah. So because I was brought up that way, guys, I'm going to be very honest with you. I've had sex with two people. One of them is my husband and one of them is that ex-boyfriend that's, that cheated on me the whole time. Right. I, did, I tried to experiment during college, but I failed because Soviet religion, Soviet upbringing told me I was a horrible person and I could never go through with it. So I have a lot of hangups when it comes to sex in case you haven't. Did you? Yeah, you too. Oh yeah. Because liking any of it is bad and you're going to hell. Exactly. Well, not minus the hell because <laughs> there's no hell in Soviet, but you're just like a bad <laughs> Soviet girl. And I was talking to my cousin about this too, because she was brought up the same way. And it's horrible because you're meant, you're, you're made to feel so bad about your body and liking sex. And I love sex. Like, and it's a great thing, right? Like I love having, oh, yeah. I love having sex with my husband and he likes having sex with me. Like it should be a good thing, but I still feel guilty about it. My, I have spent a lot of money on therapists, on therapy coming to grips with some of my, my hangups with sex and my sexuality, because most of what I, most of where I go when it comes to sex is not mainstream. So, and my, my view on relationships are not conventional and it's, you know, you can say that it's just me rebelling against the way I was brought up, but it really isn't. It's really just, that's how I feel. And that's what I think. And that's what I enjoy. Yeah. And I have finally come to accept that I'm okay with that, but it took a long time to get there. Yeah. I have not spent a day in therapy and I think I might need to. <laughs> oh God. I see my therapist, you know, usually at, at least every two weeks, if not, if not every week, <laughs> I couldn't get by without her. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of why I love all these non-con books because I was brought up to, in the way of like women are not supposed to like sex. And so the only way I'm allowed to like it is if you make me. Yes. Right. Oh, absolutely. So that is why Rafe was my boy because he was like, I'm going to make you have sex with me. I'm going to like you. You're going to like having sex with me no matter what. Cause Issa doesn't want to like it. She's like us. She's She's very similar to us because she's like, he's a bad person. He's a murderer. He, but he's made me. And, uh, but at the same time, I really like having sex with him and I love the way he makes me feel. And I mean, the sex they have isn't necessarily conventional either. Right. It's very, it's a lot, no. it's a lot more, I wouldn't really say it as a BDSM E, but it's a lot rougher. It, I would say it's a lot rougher. I wouldn't say that it falls into BDSM. I mean, he tied her up that at, at like, the horse stables, but that's pretty much the only time he did that, I think. Which, man, that scene, guys. Can I talk about my favorite scene in this book? Absolutely. So that we can actually talk. Let's about. talk about, about the book. Yeah, let's yes, talk about the absolutely. book. Go for it. Um, the tattoo scene. Oh my god, that was my. That's the best scene in the book, right, guys? Except for the five hours of orgasm denial. Well, yes, that was this. That's the same scene, no? It is. I think that I would stab. 
a bastard if he tried that from with me. Yeah, I don't know if I would be able to do that. I, I think I would because it says at the end there. I don't know, whatever. I'm not even gonna try and find it in the in the book. It says that she was just limp and like hanging over the the desk because he's made her kneel. She even made that assumption in her brain when he when he first dragged her in there because he's making her get this tattoo that she doesn't want, which also did it for me on some weird level. Don't know what that means. I need therapy, guys. Doctor therapist friend, I, I'm gonna need you to recommend me a person because obviously I can't go to you because you're my friend. <laughs> But yeah, she is bent over a desk with her arm tied down and he's edging her to death for five fucking hours. Of course, she's going to be limp and dead at the end of it. It's draining. Well, can you imagine that orgasm? I mean, I mean, that had to be like soul sucking. I mean, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. I'm going to get a little personal here. Mr. Savage is the opposite of that, where I just he ma- he makes me come like 15,000 times and he just won't stop. Like I said, we've been together for a long time at this point. So he knows my buttons, which is obviously if he didn't know them by this point, I think I'd need a divorce. But <laughs> so I can only imagine what it's like the opposite, because when when he gets in his crazy moods and I'm like, could you please just stop? I'm like, it's been anything over five is just too many, in my opinion. So when I'm at like 13, I want to punch him in the face, but he thinks it's hysterical. So I can only imagine what it's like the other way. Can you imagine being denied for five hours? I can't. (laughs) The look on your face is priceless. Oh, I'm thinking, I'm trying to figure, because I was involved with someone who was really into the control. Yeah. And so we played with edging a lot. And I'm trying to think of what our max was. And I, I can't remember. It wasn't five hours. Like, I think that's just, There's, I think that's one of those romance novel superhero things like the, the endless erections that they have constantly, because there's no way in hell that a human being can last for five hours like that. Is there's no way. Yeah, no. Maybe an hour, maybe. I think that's like the, that's like the max, right? I don't know. I've, like I said, my, uh, my husband is the opposite scale. So I've never done the, op- the, the, the edging situation you can have a lot of fun with it no thank you it, <laughs> i have had a lot of fun with edging. <laughs> but but yeah that's 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 plenty excessive yeah i mean yeah that was that scene was ridiculous because on multiple levels first there's a person there right the tattoo artist is tattooing yes he has headphones on but still he is there there's another person doing something to you, which is kind of painful. A lot of people get aroused by when they have tattoos, especially masochists. Yeah, I don't know. People who enjoy a little bit of pain with their pleasure, tattooing can really set those buttons off. I wouldn't know. So it's up to you. That's a your forte thing, not a my forte thing. I have had, let me think. I think I just had my 14th. Oh, wow. My 13th or 14th. I would have to stop and count each individual one, but yeah, I've been known to get wet. See, I, I have had decidedly too much wine. <laughs> this is going to be a great episode. <laughs> I have one tattoo and Mr. Savage is covered in them. So he, and my ta- one tattoo is very small. I got it at 18 on my 18th birthday and it is horrible. And I need to get, I've been meaning to get it covered for 12 years. 
and I haven't. And it, he says it doesn't even count because of how small it is. So while I know that tattoos hurt, I don't actually know because it took three seconds to do. So I didn't feel anything. I've got a cover up on my back that took almost five hours. Could you imagine being uh, edged for, for the whole tattoo, my friend? No. Some motherfucker would die. Right? I think I felt so bad for her at that point because... Like you said, at that point, you have that person there and he's tattooing you. And whether you like it or not, it hurts, right? So you got that sensation happening. Plus, you've got your crazy husband. Now, I'm not saying that I wouldn't enjoy a degree of that. Yes. If you want to give me for an hour, I am all about it. Five hours, I will stab you in your sleep. I'm Because eventually you're going to untie my arm. Yeah, 100% with you right there. I'm not saying I wouldn't be for that. I would be for that. Sure. But like you said, like max an hour, probably about 15 minutes is all I really need. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was a great scene on multiple levels because he's got the guy there and he's like, the guy's just doing what he's saying is terrified because if he messes up this tattoo, you know, Rafe is going to like cut his eyes out. I think that's what he said he was going to do. Well, he would cut his hands off if he screwed up the tattoo. Yeah. But if he looks at Isa, anything besides the tattoo area he will, you know, scoop out his eyes with an ice cream scoop Jesus, or something. Yeah, it was crazy. Anyway, that was my favorite and highly, highly recommend this book, guys. Adelaide, you are fucked in the head in the best way possible. <laughs> and we love you for yes. it. Yes. But yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about anything else in this book, but. Well, not only do we have the tattooing, then we've got the, the branding. Oh my God. Jesus, you can't forget about the brand. No, I can't. No, no, I can't. Because it's not enough that he, that all of his, these villagers have to pay penance by having a hot molten slab. Iron. Iron. That's it. That's what I was looking for. And a hot iron pressed to their chest. He then, I, I just, I can't even. Well. The first time he tries to do it to her because he's he's doing remember when in the last book, guys, he said to Hugo and um, Alejandro and Joaquin that he owed Gabriel. Gabriel. Who's Joaquin? Joaquin, Joaquin, Gabriel, and Hugo. There you go. Alejandro is the guy on the is the the right hand man on the there island. Okay, sorry. I was like, I I've also had quite a bit of wine. Um <laughs> so the brothers were meant to have penance where this iron situation was going to happen, but he couldn't do it because of Isa. She didn't know about it yet. So now that they're all in his, on his private island, Isa's known knows what happened. He can do it. So he's got this whole pyre situation. It's like fucking like witchy shit. And he's telling Isa, you are going to get it too, because well, the first night, I think it was just them, right? No, it was, it was just the brothers. It was, it was, oh no, I'm sorry. It was just Hugo. And a few trusted men on the island to witness yeah. Hugo's, Hugo's penance. penance. Yeah. And she interrupts. Yes. And he's like, you know, well, you're going to be getting yours in a minute yeah. soon. So if you insist on watching, here's what you're in for. Yeah. But the reason that he wanted to, to have her do penance was because she'd left him. I know. It had nothing to do with his business with his island with with anything other than his 
freaking ego being hurt because she had a little bit of sanity. Again, it kind of reminded me of Julian when Julian got pissed off that Nora wanted the morning after pill. It's like, this has nothing to do with you, man. She is 18. She's not ready for the baby. So the same thing goes here. She didn't, I think even, um, I don't remember, I think it was Joaquin said it to him. Alejandro is the one who brings it to it. He's, he's like, man, she didn't betray you. Yeah. So you don't have to get through with it. Yeah, she didn't. And he gives him that out. Yes, but he doesn't take it. He does at that point. She does something else before he brands oh, her. Oh, she trains with Joaquin. That's why she, she yeah, trains with Joaquin. That's why, and that's why. Yeah, that that's a whole other scene that also fucking did it for me because, well, he goes away to kill Pavel's son. Um, what the hell was his name? Anyway, one of anyway, don't remember. It doesn't matter. He goes off to Rome to and he brings Issa with him. No. The first time he doesn't, no. the first time he doesn't, he goes off to Rome and he kills one of Pavel's sons. And he tells Isa before he leaves, uh, this is another thing I love. Don't, you're not to touch yourself and you're not, you're not allowed to come while I'm gone. I have cameras everywhere. I will know if you do. And of course he goes off and does it. And then he checks the cameras and she, she's making herself come. Well, and he, she also asks him, to train her in self-defense. Yes. And he says, he no. says no. You don't need to know how to defend yourself because you will always have a big, strong, strapping man there to protect you. Yeah. He's almost taking it as an insult because he thinks that means she thinks he's not able to protect her. While she's like, no, I just want to be able to protect myself. So anyway, so when he comes back, she is in a tub, which I love because she's had Joaquin train her in secret in the woods. And... She's all sore because she's not used to working out like that before. So she's trying to get back into her normal self before Rafe comes back so that he doesn't know about her training. And she's sitting in a cold tub because she can't get out. (laughs) She's too sore. And he's obviously he saw her masturbating, which that was a whole scene of where like he jerked off to her jerking herself off. But then got mad because he makes her he makes her continue even though she wants to stop in the cold, cold ass bath water. Mm -hmm. She's like, oh, no, I'm done. And he's like, oh, no, you're not. Yeah. And then she's mad because he and she's confused because she thought the minute he comes back, he's going to want to fuck me. But he dresses her in jeans of all things. And she's not worn jeans. She's not worn anything but dresses in front of him since he's met her. And then they go horseback riding, which was. Because he wants her sore before he has anal with her. Which, did you know he had lubes? I did. Me too. I got so excited. I, did. I noticed this in every book now. And I don't, I'm blaming you. <laughs> because every book where there's anal, I'm like, oh, look, he's got lube. And here, and, and it came from his pocket or it came from the drawer. Or, oh, look, it's that damn pan soap again. <laughs> sorry not sorry i will die on this hill you need lube and all these men have pre-meditative anal thoughts so they need to have the lube on hand because they know that is happening anyway so they go there is go ahead there is a book where i got so tickled it is in the emerald lake series which i really enjoyed it's a, it's an an rh really entertaining lots of fun but Two of the characters 
are bisexual and they're they are in a a power exchange relationship mm-hmm. and he's like well as a bisexual man i always have lube in my wallet i'm like see see he knows in his wallet the little individual packets i've never seen those oh yeah you can buy you can get just individual tiny little things of lube that's just like ketchup packets yeah they're not they're not quite that long okay yeah <gasps> i've never like sample size okay. i'm a boring married woman okay i don't have need for that but that's amazing and if they can why can't these these russian mafia dudes i'm telling you man they've all and like if it was like a spontaneous thing i would be a little bit more understanding but at some point in the book with all of zoe's books (laughs) these men have said i can't wait to fuck her in the ass right i can't wait until that hole is mine as well so if you're having those thoughts, have the thoughts of having lube on you. <laughs> but okay, let's bring it back. <laughs> oh my God, guys, you're going to have an episode. <laughs> I don't know what this is going to be like, but I look forward to hearing your thoughts on us. Yeah. Don't judge us. Please don't judge us. <laughs> We've had so much wine. <laughs> And it's been such a week for both of us. It really has, though. It really, really has. Anyway, they have sex <laughs> with lube in the in the tackle room, the tack room of the stable. Whatever. I I don't I don't I don't speak horse. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm a city girl. <laughs> it's a tack room. I promise. <laughs> But he ties her up because she can't stay still. And like, she doesn't, again, it's a very non-con scene. And he notes that because this is a punishment, like he usually will make her come, but he specifically doesn't make her come and just uses her to pleasure himself. And I'm surprised that he still came in her butt because again, the pregnancy situation. Probably hygiene reasons. I mean, yeah, I, I'm, well, I'm, I'm for it, right? I think that's, that's a great idea. I'm just... He's not the sanest of human beings, so I'm just... Well, you got that right. (laughs) So I wasn't expecting it. But then they go home, and one of his other men tells him, in Spanish, your wife went into the woods with Joaquin. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. And he's like, what did they do? And he said, I don't know. I didn't follow them. Which, um, not what he wanted to hear. Because he goes straight to his office and Issa sees this shift in him because he was just fine because he had given her a punishment and no, it was okay. Because that's the one thing with Rafe. You can fuck up as much as you want. As long as he's punished you, he for- forgives you and like you're good. So obviously then he goes right to his office, starts a fire and puts a poker in it. He's not even waiting for that pyre situation. He's like, I'm going to... Stab this dude immediately because he went. He puts two pokers in because it's not just Joaquin that he's going to stab for both of them. And then he goes and Issa stop. He Issa runs after him and whatever. We have the whole scene of where he says, "Did you touch my wife?" And Joaquin says, "Yes." And then Issa's like, "It's not what you think." He was just teaching me to fight, and he said, "I specifically told you not to do that." 
And he knew not to do that. So I'm going to brand you. So he brands him. That was, I mean, that was what it was, but it wasn't the scene that you're talking about. Yeah, no, that was not the scene that I was talking about. Go ahead. And then he. And then he has, he has had a special iron made for her that matches the script on her tattoo. Yeah. So he has been holding this in anticipation of this moment where he can literally brand his name onto her skin because the tattoo isn't permanent enough. Mm-mm. Well, what he says is you can cover a tattoo, but a scar, a burning, a brand scar is forever. Psycho. And then I took off my pants immediately. My pants flew off my body. <laughs> Oh, that was hot. Don't look at me like that. You know, it's hot. It was hot. There is no, <laughs> there is no part of me that is saying, no, you're wrong. <laughs> I am currently not wearing pants. So, oh, I am, I am wearing pants, but I took a note out of your book. I'm not wearing a bra. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> no, I, I have said, I, I have, I have spent too much time on the floor with my injured cat oh. and pants were just not a high priority today i'm so sorry about your cat how's she doing she is hating life yeah well she is paying penance (laughs) (laughs) now she keeps looking at me like what the fuck did Mm -hmm. i do and i'm like you got away yeah hey i do sound kind of like right yes there you you (laughs) she does one teeny tiny escape and you put her in a cage well, if she didn't come home with four flipping breaks in I her know, femur. Poor baby. Poor baby. Oh, I need to give her her meds tonight. Yeah. She gets them only every three days. So. Oh, okay. Apparently it has a very long half-life when cats. So her pain medication is, is doled out over a few days. That's nice. I'm glad. Well, at least you don't have to do it every night. Yeah. that. I'm always afraid I'm going to hurt her when I pick her up. Mm. But she came home. Yes. Which is my palate cleanser for the day. Ah, she came home. There you go. You, you guys are getting palate cleansers early. <laughs> Don't expect any at the end of the episode. <laughs> we have a hard enough time coming up with one. I really do. Oh. But yeah, that sex scene with the brand. Oh, the branding. I got, I got to find it. Hang on. I was looking for it. Yeah. Oh, no. I highlighted too much. <laughs> I did too. So I'm, got it. I'm going through on my phone. <clears throat> I do actually have another palate cleanser for you guys at the end. Although I, I have found several quotes that I highlighted that I really appreciated. Mm, do share. The one that I just stumbled across was, I am, I'm not a good man. I'll hurt you. I'll demand things of you that I have no right to ask, but I'm yours. If you don't put this blade through my heart now, know that you're accepting all of me, me, Rana. My way of life, my home, my cruelty. You will never get this chance again. So think very hard before you make your choice. He leaned down to kiss me gently, the knife pressing deeper into his flesh as he moved without a care. If I live, you'll be my wife. You'll never be alone in this space inside your head again. Wow. Well, I I, I found the sex scene. (laughs) Oh, what page? 252. I hadn't quite gotten there yet. Because what we find out, and he tells her is, after Joaquin gets his brand, is that if you get seven brands, it's almost like a seven brands and you're out situation. 
he kicks them off the island. Or he kills them, depending on what they do. How bad the... It's a whole different take on survival. Yeah, he says, do you know what happens? Because I think this was his fourth brand. Do you know what happens if you get seven? And she says, no. He says, well, depends on what your penance was for. If it was something minor, I I kick you off the island. (laughs) Yeah, like survivor. And you doesn't matter your family or whatever, like you don't get to see them ever again. But if your penance was for something major, then you get murdered. Do you want, he says, do you want to be responsible for his death? And she says, no. And then they get into a little bit of a, a fight. And then she says, he, he asks, and then she's like, so is that what I have to do? I just have to piss you off seven times and then you can, you'll, I'll get off the island. And he says, no, Mirena, you are the only person who is a prisoner here. You have no rights like freedom, not when you are mine. And my pants flew off my body again. <laughs> Why even wear pants when you read uh, that? I mean, haven't you learned by now? I mean, sometimes I read in public, so I guess I got to wear pants. Yeah, well, yeah, details. <laughs> True, but but he brands himself, not just her. Yes. He takes the brand on of her name over the tattoo that he had. Mm-hmm. Fucking crazy. Yeah, this is the quote: "Tattoos can be covered up or removed, unfortunately, but a brand is forever." Mirena, he said. I have enough tattoos, and I I have. I have one tattoo that is a reminder of a previous relationship. Yeah, they say never get somebody's name tattooed, and I don't have a name, but I, I do have a, a very specific remembrance that I had done in that relationship that I, I wouldn't trade. That's nice. But I would call a, a, a brand I would draw the line. Yeah. I, I, I can't speak on tattoos because I apparently have none, according to Dr. Mr. Savage. So, but no, so he brands himself and then he, she fights him because she sees what's ha- what's coming and she please sa- she says, don't, please don't. But he like positions her on the table and he gets the brand out and he penetrates her and while penetrating her, then brands her arm it is a miracle that that brand turned out where he wanted it. yeah because he says yep. because i mean the just the angle i mean just the sheer i'm having a hard time with words today it's not the wine i've been having a problem all day but the technicalities of how that happens yeah damn but he says but he says oh go ahead Get over here so I can fuck you while I mark you as mine permanently. Excuse me? That's ridiculous. Now anyone who looks at you will be reminded of what happens to men who touch what is mine. And then she says it hurts. And he's like, "Mm, yeah, it hurts. But then it starts to numb itself because the nerve endings are like dead because he burned her. and. He touched his fingers to the burned flesh on my arm, on his arm. The red mess still hot to touch as he's moved his cock inside me. You will never forget that you're mine now. And she says, I never did. 
And he said, my wife does not disobey me and men do not think to touch what is mine without my permission. (laughs) Now anyone, yeah. And then he says, as you said, now anyone who looks at you will be reminded of what happens to men who touch what is mine. He growled, grr. I love those growly videos on TikTok. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, then he threatens Odina's life. Well, he he wants to know what happened between her and Adina. Yeah. And he is pretty brutal about getting it. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't give her... She decides that she's not going to tell him. And she's being stubborn about it. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes a matter of principle. Yeah. And he pretty much bullies. Like you said, he's like, well, I can make this phone call and Odina can go bye-bye. And he she deserves it because she's done all these terrible things to you, especially the whole date rape situation from last time. And so she tells him what happened and that there was a man. He he told her about some kittens that were in the bushes. And Odina said, like, not to go with him. But she followed anyway because too stupid to live. And <laughs> she was like six. I know. She's a kid. It's fine. But Odina knew not to. Okay. <laughs> so... Then that man pushed her into the river and then, and also Odina, he pushed into the river and her mom decided that she had this horrible decision. I I couldn't even think of it. I have two, two daughters and if I had to save one of them and not the other from drowning, I don't know what I would do. I had probably just drowned myself, but she had to make this horrible decision of like Sophie's choice of which daughter do you choose? And she chose to save uh, Issa rather than Odina. Well, Issa was closer yeah, and more easily accessible. She could definitely save Issa. Yeah. There was no guarantee that even going to Odina that she could save her. Yeah. And she would be sacrificing Issa on a maybe. Agreed. Agreed. Anyway, so thankfully, Odina did not die. She got pulled into the current or whatever, and some other man saved her. But Issa said that day, Odina did die anyway, because the version of Odina that everybody knew died, and the new Odina came to be, because Odina freaking saw her mother saving her sister and not herself. She saw her choose her sister. And Odina actually did died physically died and was brought back yeah or resuscitated Mm -hmm. yeah so that's got to be a mind absolutely that doesn't excuse her but no but you can definitely see what why odina is the way she is because yes like i said like she saw her mother choose her sister over herself it's it's fucked up anyway great job adelaide you fucked me up and after he found that out he was happy with knowing, right? And But then he wanted to know what happened. He called his dude and he's like, well, the police report doesn't say anything about a man. It was a cover-up 100% because the police officer that was on the scene died of a suicide a couple of weeks later or, or something like that. But it wasn't really a suicide. It was a cover. It was a cover. Somebody killed him and made him look, and they, they covered it up. Yeah, but... But yeah, I mean, after that, it's kind of like everything goes downhill. Issa kind of like, not that down, not downhill, but Issa 
there becomes a very vast dichotomy between the two. Issa turns into goody goody Mary Sue, and Adina goes into the bitch from hell. And Issa eventually tells him she loves him, which he's thrilled about. Then they go to Spain to kill that other brother. Yeah, they, they go to kill that other brother, right? Yeah, the other pup. He takes her to. He takes her. Well, they're in Spain. Durr. They to the mainland, to, to Barcelona to visit his family because they are in a. His uncle and cousins live in the same area where Pavel's next son is has been spotted. I love that she freaks out. She's like, "You're taking me to see your family? You didn't tell me." He's like, "This is why I didn't tell you." Which I'm like, why are you even, oops, sorry. I just knocked my microphone over. Why are you even trying to like impress these people? They're criminals. <laughs> and you know that they're criminals. But they go and they, there's like a whole thing about his uncle asking whether or not he should be insulted because he wasn't invited to the wedding. <laughs> and he's just like, well, you know. I wasn't even invited to the wedding. I wasn't either. Yeah. And he's like, well, if you weren't invited to the wedding, how did you guys get married? And Issa said, he nonchalantly was like, he put a gun to my head. <laughs> she's she's definitely coming more into her own and she's becoming less of that innocent goody two shoes and more of that queen that he's wanted her to be because she's she stands up to him. She's quick, she's witty, and she's smart. And... Then they find Maxim and he's with a date and they put a bag over his head and she's witnessing this whole situation of where they take him away. And she does nothing but go to his date and get her in a taxi and make sure that she's got money to get home. And she questions herself about it. She's like, wait a minute. I should be more concerned that I am party to a kidnapping, but I'm not. And then Rafe kind of pushes her to murder him, the Maxim, the, the brother. Pavel's son. Yeah, Pavel's son. And he says to her, should I tell? Because, oh, no, Maxim makes the stupid mistake of being like, oh, so you did marry that Rush, that, um, not Russian, that American whore or something like that. Like you, you're getting soft. And he says, don't you ever talk about my wife that way? She's none of your concerns, something like that. And then he says, should I tell my wife how you like to sell children into sexual slavery or how you like to have your men impregnate women so you can tear the babies from their arms while they scream? So he's telling her how horrible this guy is. And then he says, show me your darkness. And gives her a knife. (laughs) And then he helps her slide the knife and like pop through the, like he helps her make the initial stab, but she kills him on her own. Well, she says, I can't do this. And he says, you can. He said, reassuring me, do you want to be a pawn in the games of men? He paused, his hand moving in to wrap around the front of my throat. Or do you want to be Mirena? Staring at him, I swallowed as I bit my lip. Indecision warred within me. For all his pushing, this was the moment where Raphael gave me the choice. 
He let me decide this one thing about my future. And I was so tired of being a pawn in the games other people played. I wanted to be a fucking queen. And that is where, that is where she, where the change happens. It is, she takes ownership and it's like, yeah, I'm here to stay. Mm -hmm. So she does kill him. And then they get into the car and she's covered in blood. And she says, I killed him. And like, she's shocked, right? Well, and he's undressing her at this point because he's super horny as always. Because there's a surprise. But he's extra horny because she just killed somebody. And he says, you did. While he's undressing her. And she's like, you turned me into a monster. I should be begging me, begging you to let me go. I should want to get away from you, even though, even if only to save myself. And he's like, yeah, whatever. Like, it's fine. And he just keeps undressing her. And he says, you let me inside you. I took your innocence and I corrupted you. I complicated you and made you mine. You think you can ever be free of me after all of that? I own your soul and you gave it to me willingly. So this is it, girl. And then he says, this is the this first time that he says, I love you to her. Yes. And, and then she says, I love you too, my devil. And then they fuck. <laughs> And then we cut scene to her having, helping his aunt with dinner or something like that. And then she goes to the bathroom or something and he asks where she is. And the aunt said like, oh, she went to the bathroom. And then he finds her in a hallway holding a picture and staring at it, freaking out. And he comes up to her and she asks him, do you know who this man is? And he's like, yeah, that's my father. And she says to him, that's the man that threw me into the lake, into the river. And that's blackout. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. This fucking book blew my mind. You can see why I wanted to throw my Kindle when I got to this. Point. Yeah. Because fortunately for you guys, you get to go straight into book three. Yeah. I had to wait months. Yes. I I was like, wait, this is not where it ends. I was so mad. So mad. But yeah, this is where you're going to have to come back next week to read book three with us. Until Retribution Burns. There you go. Tori knows the the titles. I don't know shit. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the episode. We hope that you enjoyed this wine-fueled ramble fest that we had. That got a little too personal, (laughs) but it's fine. It's just us and, you know, a couple hundred of our best friends. I would like to remind everybody to hook up with us on social media with all of your questions, because we still want to do a mini. So if there's things that you want to know that we haven't already covered, (laughs) because God knows we've covered a whole hell of a lot in this episode. (laughs) Yeah. And please don't forget to rate and review if you don't mind giving us those five stars on whatever platform you listen to us on, but especially on Apple Podcasts. It puts us a little bit ahead of other podcasts and puts us in front of other listeners' eyes and ears that might find us interesting and might love dark romance as well. And 
yeah, follow us on our social medias. We're at Trigger Warning Romance on pretty much everything. TikTok, Instagram. Join the Facebook troop, Trigger Warning Romance, support listeners group, and tell us what you want to be called. <laughs> but yeah, that's the episode. Come back next week. Do you have any more palate cleansers for us, Tori? It's okay if you don't. I do. <gasps> Go ahead. Mr. Klein is leaving tomorrow for a week. Ooh. Actually, for more than a week. Because he'll be gone, I think, nine days. I think it's nine days. He is going to hit people with foam sticks <gasps> for a week in a battle. Oh. Massive battle. And I will have the house to myself for a week. And it will be glorious. That's so cool. Where is he going? It is Ragnarok, which is an SCA event. I have no idea what that is, but okay. It sounds cool. I can't tell you what it stands for. Is it LARPing? Society of something acronym, but it's, it's not LARPing. It is more of a kind of a recreation of Roman battles. Oh, okay. Okay. And so they... You know, he's got his armor and his helmet and his weapons and they go. Has he tried them on for you? Does it? Unfortunately. (laughs) Oh, so does it do it for you? Doesn't do it for me. But we have had fittings to make sure everything works. Okay. I'm glad. I too have a a second pile of cleanser for you guys. Besides my ADHD episode (laughs) podcast. I have dove into The Shield and the Axe by M.K. Robert, and it's a, it's a Viking romance for everybody who loves Vikings. I love, I love me some Vikings. Um, I'm only maybe 20% in, so I haven't finished it yet, but I'm really enjoying it. So I just want to give it a shout out because she is one of our listeners, and she's always so great to us, and I'm really enjoying her book. So you guys should check it out. If you love romance that is viking romance the shield and the axe by mk robert and i think i think it's i'm not 100 like i said i'm, I'm only a little bit in but i think it's a it's another one of those reverse harems oh so i'm i'm not sure but like i said i just i, I got a little while to go to before i figure it out but i think there's a, at least two heroes that's something else that i wanted to bring to our listeners attention Folks, I am trying to decide on a couple of reverse harem novels or series to introduce Nat to, to try to convince her that they are as awesome as I think they are. But I'm having a hard time deciding which ones I want to introduce her to. Den of Vipers is our first one. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a must read. I thought I would start her. It is a must read, and it's a standalone, so she doesn't have to read the series. But what series or trilogies or duets do you guys want to hear about? Look, I'm sorry, I'm just a monogamous girl. That's okay. I'm a one dick lady, okay. And we've already discussed way too much about this in the in this episode. But I just I'm a I'm a straight lady. Okay, I'm boring. I'm straight and monogamous. That's just what I am. But you're the but you're the fun one in the podcast. I'm I'm the serious one. I'm the fun one. No. You're just it's because you have to edit it. <laughs> I can ramble on and it doesn't matter because I don't edit. 
<laughs> you know that you're gonna have to listen to this nonsense and try to make it make sense. Which, you do such a great job at. Commending you. I bow down to you, my friend. You do a great job editing this shit, because you make us sound normal-ish. <laughs> Thank you. I do my best. Yeah. Anyway. But we hope that you will join us next week for Until Retribution Burns. We are looking forward to continuing the Rape Crazy Train and seeing where this madness takes Yes. Thank you so much for joining us this week through this madness. We hope you enjoyed. Have a fantastic week, and we will see you next week. Bye, everybody. Take care.